Okay, so a fun question for yes. Dr. Henderson. If you weren't a physician, what would be your occupation? Interesting. If I weren't a physician, um, I think there would be a couple of possibilities. One would be a teacher. The other would be an engineer. You know, I started off in engineering. I studied electrical engineering for actually over two years uh, in college. And I'd worked for Apple Computer when I was young and when that company was young as a temp. And I uh, grew up in Silicon Valley. So I think at the time that I was a kid, most, a lot of other people wanted to become um, engineers and, and work in computers. And so, and I, I, I almost ended up doing that. So I, I suppose that would be now, now I don't think so that I wouldn't be a great engineer, but I was certainly thinking about it then. And then the last thing I think, as I think about now in my current state, if I couldn't be a physician, I, I would probably like to be something like a writer. Hmm. What would you write? I think I would write. Um, I think I would write about, um, you know, maybe my experiences with um, just looking back on my experiences at growing up, or my own family experiences. Um, my uh, because I've had a, an interesting sort of upbringing. I have a, quite a an interesting family, as we all do sometimes. <laughs> and um, I think that sometimes you don't... The reason I like writing is that it gives you a chance to reflect back on the things that have happened to you. And, and a lot of times in medicine, something that's not done enough is take time to reflect on the things that have happened to you and to interpret them and to kind of... Uh, incubate them and when you write you have to, you're forced to do that so i think that can also be uh, therapeutic in a way sure and i'm very sentimental so i like i like thinking about the past I, i'd be interested to read that yeah, book yeah, so yeah. let me know if that stay ends up tuned, happening Tiffany, <laughs> stay tuned no i think i think so maybe someday. your daughter can help you someday out yes some right if i would publishing. she could be my agent <laughs> All right, we're going to shift gears now and uh, go on to our last question with sure. Dr. Henderson. Um, it's item 14 from the uh, hematology section. A 19-year-old man with sickle cell disease developed severe weakness and dyspnea. He has not had rash, fever, new joint, or abdominal symptoms, bleeding from his mucous membranes, hemoptysis, hematemesis, or hematuria. On physical exam, vital signs are normal except for a pulse rate of 148. His conjunctiva are very pale. There is no thrush or lymphadenopathy. A stool specimen is negative for cold blood. Hematocrit is 16% with no reticulocytes compared to his usual hematocrit of approximately 25% with 15% reticulocytes. Leukocyte and platelet counts are normal. Which of the following is most likely diagnosis? A, acute myoblastic leukemia. B, bleeding peptic ulcer. C, EBV infection. Or D, parovirus B19 infection. So Dr. Henderson, can you lead us through this question? Sure. So we have uh, a young man with chronic sickle cell disease who is presenting with severe and symptomatic anemia as evidenced by pretty good degree of tachycardia, pallor, and a hematocrit of 16%, which is significantly below his baseline. Um, the other counts are normal. Um, 
so this appears to be a case of rather than a pancytopenia it's an isolated single cell line if you will of the three cell lines the bone marrow cell lines uh, it's profound anemia the interesting part about the anemia as i look at it is typically his hematocrit runs about was 25 percent with 15 percent reticulocytes so there's a high degree of reticulocytosis that applies chronic hemolysis essentially right when you have uh sickle cell disease you know the problem is your bone marrow makes red cells but they are destroyed uh, in the periphery, if you will, which requires a very um, uh, brisk bone marrow response to maintain a hemoglobin and hematocrit that, that perfuses the vital organs. So that reticulocytosis is very common in sickle cell disease. It's, it's a chronic, it's a reflection of hemolysis and the bone marrow responding to that hemolysis by producing more immature red cells, which is what reticulocytes are. So I think as I see his current hemoglobin, his hematocrit is much lower, but there are no reticulocytes. Very interesting to me. But when, when you see a severe anemia with no reticulocytes, that implies that the bone marrow is actually not responding, if you will, as it has in the past, which to me implies what we call hypoproliferative anemia, meaning the bone marrow is actually not producing cells and therefore is the problem, if you will, is that this is a bone marrow problem. So the bone marrow, when I think of a bone marrow problem, I want to look at the the other counts, other cell lines, white cells and platelets, right? Thinking about acute leukemias, let's say, which is the first answer here, you would expect abnormalities in more than one cell line. You wouldn't just have profound anemia. A bleeding peptic ulcer certainly could cause severe symptomatic anemia, However, you would expect profound reticulocytosis, again, because the bone marrow, the normal bone marrow, should respond by producing immature red cells. So this is not acute bleeding. And the reason we know that is because the reticulocyte count is is zero. Um, The last two choices, which are viral infections, I think are the most likely choices um, because we have a severe... um, a profound hypoproliferative anemia, I think that's most consistent with Parvo B19, which is known to cause what we call isolated red cell aplasia, meaning it affects the bone marrow, simply the red cell production line. So the other counts tend to be normal, but there's profound anemia. And I think in particularly in someone who has a chronic hemolytic anemia, when they get Parvo, which is a com- Parvo is like a common viral infection in children, and he's a kid, sort of nineteen, close enough. He he probably um, that would be consistent with a, a severe the severity of this anemia is probably because he started off low, and he depends on that reticulocytosis to maintain his his hemoglobin and hematocrit. And so I would guess Parvo B19 is the most likely infection. Epstein-Barr infection can certainly cause um, anemia. However, typically that infection affects the spleen. And so the classic presentation for an Epstein-Barr infection would be because the spleen is enlarged, the plate, there's sequestration of platelets. So you ha- would have thrombocytopenia and some anemia, mostly thrombocytopenia. You'd expect the spleen possibly to be enlarged on exam as well. So I go with Parvo B19 infection um, as uh, causing pure, what we call a pure red cell aplasia. 
And is there a takeaway point? But um, sure, I think the takeaway to me here is that when you see uh, severe anemia with no reticulocytosis, think about a bone marrow problem. It's isolated to the red cell line. Think about parvo. 